The next couple of Mishnahis discuss cases where Yom Tov falls directly before Shabbos, and it is important to note that although the only permission to do certain forms of work on Yom Tov is for the sake of food, and we saw at the end of the previous parrot that is only permitted if it is for the sake of food to be eaten on Yom Tov itself, but it is still forbidden to prepare food on Yom Tov, for the sake of the next day. Nevertheless, one is allowed to prepare as much food as he likes on Yom Tov itself, even if he knows that he will certainly not eat all of it on Yom Tov. And this is true for every Yom Tov, regardless of whether it falls just before Shabbos or not. And the reason for this is a very important principle known as Hoyel v'imekloile orchem chazilei. Since if lots of guests were to come, then it would be fit for him to prepare it, and he would be allowed to prepare all of that food. So even now that he has not got guests, he is allowed to prepare as much food as he likes, since there is a possibility that guests will come, and he would then serve them that food. And again, this principle is known as Hoyel v'imekloile orchem chazilei. And often this principle is just known as Hoyel for short. Now this is all based on a midiraisa level. However, midirabonon, it is forbidden to cook anything on Yom Tov for the sake of the next day, for the sake of a weekday. If you know that there aren't going to be any guests who come, so you cannot use the principle of hoyel midrabonon, unless you know there will be guests, and so it is forbidden to prepare more food than one will need himself on Yom Tov. However, if the day after Yom Tov is Shabbos, then the Rabbonon were lenient, and they said that for the sake of the honour of Shabbos, to make sure there will be enough food for Shabbos, it is permitted to prepare that on Yom Tov as long as one makes an Erev Tavshilin. And what an Erev Tavshilin consists of is one or two cooked dishes which one cooks already before Yom Tov. This again gives more honour to Shabbos, and as well as that it will make sure that nobody ends up cooking on a Yom Tov for the sake of a regular weekday, since they'll realise that Shabbos is different. When Yom Tov falls before Shabbos, so one starts preparing food before Yom Tov even, they see a clear difference, and so they will not come to prepare food on a Yom Tov which falls before a weekday, for the sake of the weekday. So now let's see this inside the Mishnah. Yom Tov Shcholios Erev Shabbos, a Yom Tov which falls on a Erev Shabbos, on a Friday. A man may not cook at the beginning. He cannot start cooking from Yom Tov on Yom Tov for the sake of Shabbos, but he is allowed to cook for the sake of the Yom Tov itself, and then if he has any left over, then so he can leave that over for Shabbos and eat that on Shabbos. So this in essence is referring to the rule of Hoyel, the one is allowed to prepare way more than he knows he's going to eat himself on Yom Tov, because there's a possibility that guests will come on Yom Tov and he'll serve that food to them. And because of that, Midiraisa, it is totally permitted to cook whatever he likes on Yom Tov. However, it's still generally forbidden Midrabonon to cook more than he needs on Yom Tov. But to solve that problem, he can make an Erev Tavshilin, but is a Tavshilin Erev Yom Tov. He should make a cooked dish on the day before Yom Tov begins, the Shabbos, and rely on that for the sake of Shabbos. That would be as if he began cooking already before Yom Tov, and on Yom Tov he's just continuing what he already began. Alright, now how much does one need to cook before Yom Tov begins in order to show that he has begun to prepare for Shabbos? With Shammai and Shammai say, Shnei Tavshilin. One has to prepare at least two cooked dishes before Yom Tov begins, because on a regular Shabbos, one eats at least two cooked dishes. So if he cooks anything less than that, then it is not recognizable that he has started preparing for Shabbos. We still remember by Silel say, Tavshil Echad. It's enough to prepare just one cooked dish, since sometimes one does only eat one cooked dish on Shabbos. Vashovin and they both agree, but dog or beta if one prepares a fish and an egg on top of the fish, 
even though you could eat that together, that is still considered to be like two separate cooked dishes, since it's already considered very significant, and one would often have just that on Shabbos, as part of a bread meal, of course. Now remember, the whole point of the Erev Tavshilin is that it's considered to be the first part of that which you are cooking for Shabbos. So Acholoi, if he ate it, Aisha Ovad, or it got lost before he cooked things on Yom Tov for the sake of Shabbos, Loivash Olav he is not allowed to start again cooking for Shabbos now, because he has lost his Erev Tavshilin. So it will be considered like starting anew, which is forbidden Midyabonon. Again, Midyabonon will be permitted because of the principle of Hoyil, that guests might come. But Mijabon on Hul is not enough. But the Misha does add that if any amount of the food remains, and the Gemara explains that it has to be at least the size of an olive, a kazayas of food, so even though you have not got the entire area of Tavshilin, and you might only have one dish left, nevertheless you can rely on that for the sake of Shabbos, since it is considered to be a continuation of what you started before Yom Tov. Mr. Base, what happens if Chaldeus Achra Shabbos? If Yom Tov falls directly after Shabbos on Sunday, so the previous mission discussed the case where Yom Tov fell on a Friday. This mission discusses a case where Yom Tov falls on a Sunday. Now there is an obligation to purify oneself before Yom Tov begins. Certainly when there is a Beis HaMikdash, one has to go up to the Beis HaMikdash, bring Karbanos, visit the Beis HaMikdash and say he has to be pure in order to enter. And so before Yom Tov one is obligated to purify himself by dipping himself in a mikvah. As well as that, because they would be likely to eat many more korbanos over Yom Tov, they would have to make sure that all of their dishes and their cutlery, which they would use to eat the korbanos, would also be pure. And so they'd have to dip those into a mikvah as well. Now one of the 39 melochas, the 39 forbidden forms of work, which may not be done on Shabbos, is makibapatish, which literally means hitting with a hammer, and it refers to doing the last stage of a product, let's say. If you complete a product, that in itself is considered something forbidden, even if it just involves a tiny action. Namajabonon, dipping utensils, which were tome, into a mikveh in order to purify them, it's considered to be like fixing a utensil. Until now, that could not be used for certain things. Let's say you've got a tome plate, so that cannot be used to serve korbanos, to serve korban meat, but by purifying it, you're making it fit for use. So Majabona that is considered like doing the final act which makes something complete, and therefore Majabona it is forbidden to dip utensils into a mikveh to purify them on Shabbos or Yom Tov. One is obligated to dip everything into the mikveh before Shabbos begins, on the Friday, so two days before Yom Tov begins, since it cannot be done on Erev Yom Tov. Now, this applies even to people. When people go and purify themselves in a mikveh, that also needs to be done before Shabbos, since that is also considered like fixing the person and making him fit for more things, such as entering the Beis HaMikdosh, or eating the meat of a korban. And so it's forbidden for a person also to go to the mikveh on Shabbos. Or still Omen, but Beis Hillel say, Kalim and Fnei Shabbos. Utensils have to be dipped into the mikveh and purified before Shabbos. But for Odom, a person by Shabbos, he can go to the mikveh himself and purify himself on Shabbos, since it does not look like he is really prepa- repairing himself and making himself fit for more things. Because if a person sees him going to the mikveh, they would assume that he just wants to cool down, he wants to have a bath. Not that he's going to the mikveh and fixing himself, and as it were, completing himself. It could just be he's having a regular bath, and therefore he may do so even on Shabbos, whereas when it comes to utensils, it is clear what one is doing, and therefore it's forbidden in 
Mission Gimel. Although utensils and people which become Tome can be purified in a mikveh, when it comes to food or drink, there is never a way to purify that. Once it becomes Tomei, dipping it into a mikveh will not purify it, and it remains Tomei. However, there is one exception, and that is water. If water becomes Tomei, then one can do what is known as Hashoka in order to purify that water. Now, what exactly is Hashoka? So Hashoka is where you have the container of water which became Tomei, and you lower that container into a mikveh, and as soon as the surface of the water in the container touches the water of the mikveh, so it becomes, it's considered sort of to be like the mikveh itself, that's why it can only be done with water, and therefore it is purified. So the Mishnah tells us that Veshovin, both Beshamah and Beshil agree, Shemashikin esamayim b'chli even etaron. Though one can do the process of Hashoka with water, which is in a stone container, in order to purify the water. That is not considered to be similar to repairing a utensil. This is water, and so therefore one can purify water on Yom Tov, and on Shabbos as well. Now the reason why the Mishnah said it has to be done in a stone utensil is because stone cannot become Tomei, and therefore the only thing which you are purifying over here is the water. Avalomat bilin, but it is forbidden to dip the water into the mikveh if it is contained in a utensil which is Tomei. Because by dipping the water in and doing Hashoka, you are also purifying the utensil which contains the water. That's the word matbilin, purifying some uh, utensil in a mikveh. So although it's permitted to do Hashoka, it is forbidden to do so if at the same time you are also purifying a utensil. Alright, continues the mission with another leniency. The whole prohibition of purifying something is because until now it was not fit for use, and now by purifying it, you are making it fit for use. So that is like fixing the utensil. However, if the thing was already pure, and you're just adding it into the mikveh in order to add an additional level of purity. For example, the halach is that if somebody purifies a utensil with the intention of using that utensil for truma, Truma is the special gift which goes to a coin of produce, and it cannot become Tomei. So somebody purified his utensil with the intention of using it for Truma. And later on, he decided that he actually wants to use it for Karbonis, for the meat of Karbonis. So since Karbonis have a higher level of Kedusha, of holiness, Midrabonon, one is required to put that into the mikveh again, with the intention of using it for carbon meat. But in that case, you're not removing any Tumah, any impurity, you're merely adding on another level of purity and of holiness. So it's not considered like fixing the utensil, because it was fit for use until now, it wasn't Tomei. And therefore, it is permitted to dip utensils into a mikveh in order to raise it from one level of purity to a higher level of purity. And the mission ends off with a third leniency, and that is when it comes to eating a korban Pesach. The halach is that unlike pretty much every other korban, when it comes to a korban Pesach, one has to appoint himself as part of a larger group who will share a particular korban Pesach. Now some people are strict upon themselves that even if they are totally pure already, when they join a group, so they go to the mikveh again. So if somebody is part of one group, and before they slaughter the Korban Pesach, he changes and joins a different group instead. So according to the strict letter of the law, he does not need to go to the mikveh again. But if he is strict upon himself in order to go to the mikveh again, he is allowed to do that on Shabbos and Yom Tov, since again, he was fit and he was pure already. 
So he's not raising something from being not fit for use to being fit for use. Rather, he is adding on a level of purity. It's a stringency in there. One is allowed to go to the mikveh when he changes from one group to another group when it comes to the Korban Pesach. On each of the Sholosh Regolim, that being Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, one who comes up to the Beis HaMikdash is obligated to bring at least two Korbanais. One is known as the Oyas which is a carbon oiler, totally burnt on the Mizbeach, and he brings that as a carbon over appearing at the Beis HaMikdash, fulfilling the mitzvah of coming to the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Tov. That is the first carbon, and the second carbon are Shalmei Chagiga, which is a carbon Shalomim, which is not totally burnt on the Mizbeach, it's also eaten. And this is brought in order to fulfill the commandment of rejoicing on Yom Tov. The way to fulfill that is by bringing a carbon Shalomim. Now in general, before an animal is slaughtered for the sake of a carbon, there is a mitzvah of smicha. Smicha is when the person who is bringing the carbon leans all of his body weight on the animal, after which he's going to slaughter the animal. Or somebody else, such as a kohen, will slaughter the animal. Now it is forbidden to use animals on Shabbos and Yom Tov, and so in general, it would be forbidden to lean on an animal. You're supporting your entire weight on the animal, so you are using the animal. One of the questions discussed in our Mishnah is whether in this case, where there is a mitzvah to do so, whether the rabbinic prohibition still applies. So one can bring a carbon shalomim, the shalomim chagiga, on Yom Tov, there's also other types of Korban Shlomim. Any Korban Shlomim which are connected to the, to the Yom Tov itself and are bought because of the Yom Tov, so they can be bought even on Yom Tov itself. You don't have to wait until Cholamoyed or until the day after Yom Tov, but you are allowed to do it on Yom Tov itself. The reason being that the Korban Shlomim is eaten. So it is also for the sake of eating, and therefore can be done on Yom Tov. However, it is forbidden to do smicha, to lean on the animal before slaughtering it. According to Beis Shammai, one does not need to do smicha directly before the actual slaughtering, which means that he could have done smicha before Yom Tov, and because of that, it does not override Yom Tov, and the rabbinic prohibition of doing smicha still applies. So you should bring the korban without doing smicha, the Rabbonon do have the power to do that, as long as one is not doing an action against the Torah, rather he is just not doing proactively what the Torah says he should do. Like in this case, the Torah says, do smicha. The Rabbonon are saying, because of a prohibition, Midrabonon, don't do the act of smicha. They have the power to do that, and therefore he should bring the carbon on Yom Tov without doing smicha, avaloi oilois, but it is forbidden to bring a carbon oila such as the oilas re'ia, since that is not eaten, so it is not related to food preparation at all. Uis hulomim, but basil say, mevin shlom the oilois, one is allowed to bring both carbonos shlomim and carbonos oilois, so even the oilas re'ia can be bought on Yom Tov, even though the oilas re'ia will not be eaten, so it's not considered to be food preparation. Beis Hillel nevertheless learned from a posuk which calls Yom Tov at Seres la Kecha. It says that Yom Tov is for Hashem your God. So we learn from there that even a carbon oilas which is a carbon as it were totally for Hashem, meaning one is not allowed to eat it at all, it's totally burnt on the Mizbeach, even that overrides Yom Tov. The Seuchen Aleihan, in addition, Beis Hillel also say that one can do smicha even on Yom Tov, the reason being that Beis Hillel hold of a rule. That smicha has to be done immediately before the slaughtering, and therefore it cannot have been done before Yom Tov. And because of that, it also can be done on Yom Tov, just like the actual slaughtering and offering up of those carbonates.